When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Justin. Ah, Andros. How's, uh, how's quarantine treating you? Another day, another dollar, man. It's, uh, yeah, are you make, are you make, you're making dollars, though. That's better than a lot of people. I'm making dollars, but I'm, I'm I overwhelmed with, uh, with intense level of work right now. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's, uh, but I'm telling you, the business is flowing to me. I have no, uh, I have no problem bringing, bringing in business. I just have problems with time management. Oh yeah. I, well, you know, maybe, maybe you, it's time for you to get fucking real, man. What do you think about that? Ooh, well, you called me out, so I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm calling, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling you out. Let's, let's have a rap battle and I will, I Let's not. Let's not. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather read from you to you the 12 commandments of getting real, of getting of getting effing of getting we're explicit of getting fucking real. And uh, in fact, I'm I'm not even going to I'm not even going to do it myself. I'm going to bring someone on to school you. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andro Sturgeon and I'm Justin Womack and we are the Marketing Geeks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, all right. So, uh, very good. Our, uh, our, our guest tonight uh, is Lisa Cherney, and uh, she's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for almost 20 years, and she is the host of the groundbreaking confession-based GFR, which stands for Get Fucking Real Podcast, and creator of the 12 GFR Commandments, and in uh, 2014, after 15 years in business and speaking on over 750 stages, I think that's like 749 more than, than me, uh, Lisa got fucking real and she, uh, she disseminated her successful seven-figure business as the juicy marketing expert. And uh, Lisa learned that just because something is successful and people like it doesn't mean that you have to keep doing it. So uh, she also has a tolerance for not being happy, which uh, I, I definitely want to get into. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Cherney. <laughs> Did I say your last name right? I'm notorious for you getting our guests' You said the last name right. Wrong. A couple other things wrong, but you said the last name right. <laughs> That's okay. We can. Okay. What did, what did I get? I dismantled Man, I, my seven I, figure. You said disseminated, which is a powerful word as well, but I dismantled my seven figure business and, and oh. I have a low tolerance for not being happy. But other than that, all good. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I got dyslexia, so don't make fun of me. I got. I got <laughs> so issues. Sorry. I'm so ashamed that I even brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. You. You need to. You need to. You need to school me. Maybe I'm just not being real enough. So, uh, tell me. Tell me a, a little bit more about like. Uh, I. I just read the text, but I, I want to know more about you. So tell. Tell what I didn't cover, and uh, tell us more about you. Sure, I'd love to. And the 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 piece that you read about me dismantling a seven figure business is one of the most fun things we talk about because people are like, what? you know it's it's the goal you know that's all our goals right we're an entrepreneur first it's six figures then it's seven figures you know and I and I got the t-shirt I built the seven figure and I got the t-shirt and I kind of looked around from my you know supposed you know mountain of you know accomplishment and I was like this (laughs) sucks (laughs) I'm not this I'm not having fun I'm teaching People had to create a business that they love. Um, one of my taglines was full-time prosperity, part-time hours, which I was living, but it costs a lot of money to create a part-time, you know, lifestyle in your business, lots of overhead. And uh, it just, I had fun creating. And then once I had created it and was running it for a few years at that level, it just, you know, it just wasn't fun. So I, uh, I had to GFR. That was like, I think that was the uh, inception <laughs> of the GFR mission, although it took about five years for it to be born from there. But that was a, a significant GFR move that I made. And uh, yeah, and my, my clients, you know, I could talk about how my clients reacted, how the industry reacted. It, w- it was quite a thing. Well, when I, like, what was the inciting incident? Like, what was the thing that made you like, first of all, what were you doing before then? Like you were, you grew, you, you were, you were in business, you were making a bunch of money. Uh, what were you doing then? Well, I had been in business uh, about, let's see, 15 years on my, at that point as an entrepreneur. So I started back in 1999. My first business was consciousmarketing.com. That was before, uh, really before I think the internet. No, I think it was, it was before, you know, consciousness was even really a thing in business or in marketing. That's a damn and good URL too. Is that an oddity? I know I'm I've never letting it go. I get, I get yeah. solicitations at least once or twice a year on that. And uh, I think I'm actually going to be rebirthing it uh, soon with actually a product. So uh, yeah, it was good shit. And it really, um, it really set me on a trajectory of actually being real right at back then it was the idea was you you need to get out of your head into your heart find that authentic voice so that you could stand out without really needing to try so hard just you know learn how to be yourself in your marketing and then i created a way like a a, a process for people to do that because they're like i don't know how to do that so that's where it all began now were you were you all like live events then back then uh, rem- remind me uh, when you built this initial business and you took it to the seven figures where you had a lot of overhead and you said you were, you had, you got the t-shirt. Yeah. You got so the t- this- I still don't have the t-shirt, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the seven figures happened. About, I called myself a 10 year overnight success. So the seven figure trajectory started about 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey. And that's when I transitioned conscious marketing to juicy marketing. Cause it was the, actually the conscious uh, market was getting a bit oversaturated and diluted and it, it really wasn't serving me anymore. So <clears throat> when I transitioned the brand to juicy marketing is actually when I started, you know, more launches, more leveraging, higher ticket. I had events. I had the year long program called six figure university. Um, you know, I built that type of business model. And now I look, now I know that's really not for me. Uh, it just, it, it wasn't enough creativity. It's a lot of like, you know, set it and forget it and rinse and repeat. And like that, that's just not 
a fun for me. Well, I know that now. Can you fill in some some gap? How did you initially attract your tribe? So let, let's go back to the first business here. I know you've kind of made the transition, but even with the first business, how did you bring the people into you? How did they? How did you? Uh, put yourself out there and have them find you. Yeah, and you know, you're so you're talking back now in 1999, 2000, 2001. You know, there was no social yeah. media, right? And you know, it wasn't even no given. mainstream internet. No mainstream. No, internet. I mean, it, it wasn't even <laughs> yeah. given that you have a, a website. Although that's how I first started was helping people launch their websites because they were all everybody was kind of like, oh shit, I need a website, you know. And so I was helping people create the content. Right. And realizing like that I would meet these awesome people and I'd look at their website or their business card or whatever. And I'd be like, they're not, there's no match here. There's, I have to help these people, <laughs> you know? And so that's how I got started. And honestly, at the time it was a lot of, a lot of networking, like a, a lot. I'm in, I'm in a very saturated market for networking. So I know that's not a great place, a great way for people to get started. And of course now there's all the online shit, but back then it, I, I went to, I had a, I, I was looking at it recently. I had this whole matrix of which networking meetings I would go to on which weeks and I would rotate them. And, and then, you know, I was probably going to maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 uh, a month. And then I had techniques for following up and, and, you know, I, I didn't let the stacks of business cards sit on my, you know, sit on my desk. And I started inviting people to workshops. So that was like the first you know, how can, you know, how can people work with me? I started inviting people to the conscious marketing workshop. You're and hustling. I was hustling. And, and my husband uh, had a chiropractic practice at the time. I was using his office to do the workshops. And, you know, I love talking about how I used to schlep the, the that's Yiddish, you know, chiropractic tables <laughs> out of, you know, his, you know, his room and like set up my chairs. And, you know, I was charging, like, I think my first one was like 97. And I think I got up to like 297 for like, you know, one or two days. And I was like freaking out because people were now people were driving in from LA and, you know, and, you know, Palm Springs and Las Vegas to take these workshops. And I was like, Oh my God, I really, <laughs> I really hope that wow. they get value. You know, what, what um, percentage of networking was like your local chamber of commerce versus going to maybe cause you're in this area, like an LA bigger event to, to get to a wider audience. Like what, how did you know? You I that? wasn't, I was not doing big events. I was doing the, you know, the women's groups, the entrepreneur groups, the small business groups, and I had like, you know, I'm again, I'm really I'm really in a great geographic uh, concentration. So, I mean, I went to Arizona a bunch and Phoenix, Scottsdale, Flagstaff, Sedona. I went to like Las Vegas. I did L.A., San Diego, like just within a driving radius. So we're so much. So I and I got my talk down, you know, um, I mm -hmm. love to teach. And one of the big significant investments I made in my business was learning how to get clients when I when I did talks. And mm -hmm. I knew, like, I love to teach, I love to speak, I got great feedback, but no clients. So that was the first, you know, after I started networking, just networking and meeting people, then I started speaking. And then I would only go when I would speak. Of course, I would impact, you know, many more people and connect, connect with many more people. So then I started just speaking everywhere that would have me. And I did that for probably five years. Um, and when I really started leveraging is when the income started really going up. Yeah, for sure. And that that's like, you know, that that's what uh, Justin and I, that's how we met, actually. I was do, teaching a class, but doing uh, public speaking is one of the best ways to uh, to get clients for sure. So so you you built this business, you built kind of this personal brand. Uh, so what was the point when you felt like I need to get fucking real with myself, with what I'm doing? I'm, it, this doesn't feel like it's not jiving with yeah, I'm not jiving with the energy of what's yeah. happening. And take a sledgehammer like to the business. <laughs> yeah. So what what was that what was that process like? What happened there? 
Yeah. Well, so let me just give a couple um, key uh, timestamps, and then I think it will make a, b- a bit more sense. So, right, I said I was a 10-year overnight success. So at the 10-year mark, my daughter went into preschool, and I said, okay, you know, it's time. I want to. I, I know this thing is supposed to be bigger. I was supposed to be impacting more lives. What I need to do. That's when I started making the big investments in mentors and masterminds, and you know, learning to speak. You know, learning to sell when I speak. And so I I was on that path for five years, um, and that's when I started adding events. And so now we're in back. Now we're up to like 2014. I added the launches. I added the events. And it just, you know, obviously kept getting bigger and bigger. And that's where, you know, the seven figure mark was hit once I had the year long programs and the events and the back end and all that good stuff. I had a great back end back then. Um, (laughs) And uh, and then I that's when you know, and it's like the metaphor. It's a great the great metaphor. It wasn't like a something happened. Right. And I think one of the things that makes me unique and that's where the low tolerance for not being happy comes in is because it, it, I didn't have to get sick. I didn't have to get cancer. Nobody had to die. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have to get into a, a life threatening car accident, Justin. Um, I had <laughs> to, good. yeah. Yeah. Episode 27 of the GFR show, Justin. Momack. Okay. Um, I, I had to, I, it was like a slow boil, you know, that, that have you heard that metaphor of the fish in the if you put a fish in hot water, they'll just jump out. But if you put a fish in cold water and you slowly rise the temperature, they don't even realize what's happening and they die. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that was me. It was like this slow rise of temperature and very, very subtle until one day I was like, I am a freaking hypocrite. Like th- this is, you know, this is where the congruency co- kind of topic comes in. It's like I was feeling I was feeling out of integrity because I really was not having fun. I was stressing all the time. I was on call, even though I wasn't working, I was on call all the time. Um, I was holding the container for probably 500 clients at the time. And it was just too much. It, it, it was it was too much and it wasn't enough of the things that I really loved, which was being creative and irrit, ir, irritant. What's that word? Uh, lots of iterations. Yeah, <laughs> irritable. <laughs> lots of iterations oh, of, okay. of my work and being able to keep it current, which is what I love about my show you know, my podcast. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I really have a low tolerance, not being happy. I cannot Mm -hmm. stay in a situation, uh, relationships, partnerships, you know, businesses that where, you know, give me a couple months of feeling like this is not good. And I just, I have to make a change. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that I I did. I did that exact same thing. And sometimes you just got to dismantle your life when things uh, aren't working. So, so, so there was, so there wasn't really just like one simple incident. It was just more like you were just getting this ongoing feeling of like, this isn't working, this isn't working. And so when, when you finally, and obviously, you know, when you build up your business that way, where you're doing coaching and mentoring and people are buying your programs, uh, you know, you, you, and then you suddenly like say enough is enough. What, happened there because one of the things that I find really interesting about just our own personal state of being as humans is that people react to you based on what they expect you to be as uh, in, in their lives, like the type of role that you have in their lives. So when that role suddenly shifts, people react to you differently. So uh, what what was that process like for you when people suddenly realized that you weren't going to provide that for them anymore? Well, I think I need I needed to at first get p- at peace with not being that for them, right? I mean, that's part mm-hmm. of the dynamic of that is that is that they expect something of you and then you and then that's your identity. And so it's hard to even see yourself any differently. So I needed to get okay with 
not being the seven figure entrepreneur, not being the founder of six figure university. And when I w- once I was at peace with that, right. And this is where my favorite topic uh, is confessions now comes up is once I confessed to myself that I wasn't happy and really got clear that that's what I needed to do. And my happiness was number one. Then I was able to go to my clients. You know, I, I remember I was at a retreat. You know, there was I did a couple of retreats a year for my members and people had flown in from all over the world. And I'm standing on the stage with, you know, I think it was at least 100 people, you know, in the room and they're all bright eyed and like super excited to hear like, you know, I just crossed the seven figure mark. And 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 that was the retreat where I told them that I'm not doing this anymore <laughs> and this is going to be the last retreat. Wow. And this is why. And uh, it was probably one of the most scariest things that I have ever done and, mo- and one of the most profound responses that I n- did not expect, which was complete adoration and respect and acknowledgement. And even though it was scary for them because they're like, ah, this is, you know, and I wasn't like I was turning it off immediately, um, but, but it wasn't completely out of character for what they knew of me, which was I've always been a straight shooter. You know, I've always been transparent and always shared kind of my own stuff because I knew it would serve my clients. And so they just were really loving, honestly. And uh, and it took a while, right? The process of the how-to and, you know, people now come to me <laughs> in secret when they're not happy yeah. with their seven, eight-figure business. And they're like, you know, they can't, they, they need to make a decision, which is the hardest part. Um, but it doesn't happen overnight. But once you make the decision, then you start to get clear about, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, like I had an event on the books um, for that November, 2014. It was my, and I decided, okay, well, you can't do an event without making an offer because you lose your shirt. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do six months. I'll do a six month offer. And then, you know, and then I'll start to wrap things up and, you know, I'll keep the one-on-ones, you know, the high, you know, my inner circle, but then I'm going to let go of the others. And, you know, little by little, I kind of wound it down. It took a year and a half really before the whole thing you know, was, uh, was complete. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that was, that was how it all went you down. Mentioned, you mentioned part of the process was changing your identity. And is that something that you're helping people do now? Cause you, you brought up the fact that you had to get honest with yourself and confess to yourself as being one of the steps there. What were the steps that you had to take to actually make that identity shift personally and then publicly? Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, it, it's really summarized awesomely in GFR commandment number four, which is trust that your struggle serves your mission, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and the confession question. So each of the commandments has like question. It kind of, you kind of helps you to connect if that's the one for you. So the confession question is how will what I learn from this struggle serve me and my clients and how have past struggles served me? So, so the, the way that I got, the way I got okay with it was really to find the meaning in it and to see that I may not see right now <laughs> exactly, but now like now it's my biggest GFR credential. Letting go of that business is like I am PhD GFR certified, <laughs> you know, because, yeah. because of that. But at the time, just knowing that in the past, my struggle has always served my clients, being transparent with them and being real and authentic and giving them permission to like be and do and all the things um, has always served me. And so I, that just knowing that helped me, you know, do what I needed to do. And, and you know, that, that's, that takes a lot of self-trust. I mean, one of the things that, uh, uh, I, I, in fact, I was just watching, uh, I don't know if you saw the show Westworld, 
Uh, but uh, but there's this interesting concept where the AI are trying to recreate. I'm spoiler alert, but the AI are trying to recreate human consciousness. And uh, what they they realized eventually is that they were overthinking it. That humans are far more simplistic than they realized. <laughs> and in fact, they're only like twelve thousand lines of code because humans are basically very susceptible to suggestions, and they have certain patterns that they just do. I totally believe that. So so to break free of that. And to actually do something that's completely outside of your, you know, this a pattern interrupt, that's really, really difficult for a lot of people. And in fact, I think that a lot of the problems that we're facing as a species has a lot to do with the fact that we don't want to give up those those patterns. We want to keep doing what we're doing, but expecting everything to magically uh, turn around. So, so what? You just basically summarized my GFR mission: is is a, is a pattern interrupt. Yeah. So, so how? What would you say to somebody who who is in a place where? Because I've known so many people like this, where they're like, "Oh, I need to change my life around, but I just don't want to." So, how how what would you how would you suggest that someone attack that? Well, you just said, "How do I change my life around?" But I just don't want to. So, the first thing would be to want to. <laughs> yeah. Not know what, not know how. But just get real about wanting to. Well, let's say it was a fear. Let's say it was a fear instead of a instead of a lack of want. Let's say they were afraid. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I would say, what are you afraid of? How does that sound? What does it sound like in your head? What are your fears? Right. So I was uh, talking with a a new client the other day who who here's the other thing about me is I work with people where their mission. Um, is very much a part of their own healing. Like their their struggle, it, that their own their own personal struggle is part of how they're helping other people. It, and mm. it that is ground zero. And when they're stuck, it's because they're stuck somewhere in their own personal process. So, so this person, um, her mission is helping people to not settle. She wants to let everyone know you do not need to settle in life. And uh, she got real about her marriage and made a huge. Uh, decision and took action on that decision around her marriage. To me, step one of you launching, step one of you breaking through to the next level of your mission is you you need to clean up the stuff that's not congruent in your own life that or it won't work. So yeah. when you say, when someone says, you know, I want to change my life and I'm afraid, I say, well, what does that sound like? So I asked her, well, what does it sound like? You know, she said, I'm afraid to, to tell him I'm afraid to, this is super scary. I'm like, okay, well, wh what does it sound like? What does the fear sound like? She said, well, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to say to people, you know, and, uh, you know, and I said, okay, well, what might you say? So it just starts, what does that fear sound like? We, we need to, we need to just, again, people, sometimes we don't even acknowledge and articulate the fear outside of our mouths. Like all we could do is do it in our head. Awesome. Like that's right. a step. <laughs> just let it be in your head and let it not just fly in and fly out. Let it just stop for a minute. You know, and I think it's interesting that the the objection that's coming out there is about I don't know what I'm going to say to other people, and it's so I think this is a common theme that I've had in my Such own life. Such a common theme. So many people that we hold ourselves back from making these decisions because we're afraid of the how people will react. What other people are going to receive. What other people yeah. are going to how other people will react, and that's that's the reason. Do you see that a lot? Then is that like what you're you're running into again and again? Oh yes, oh yes, and and people. I mean, a, a, a lot of the conversations I'm having on shows now are 
well, um, how, how, how do you help people get over worried about what other people think? And why do you think why do you think people worry so much about what other people think? Like, it's a fascinating topic because everybody relates in some way. You know, Justin, you talked about it on on your episode on my show about, you know, but prior to your your accident, how you wanted to leave the job, but you were worried, you know, about what, you know, your you know, the people in your life would think. And yeah. how after the accident, you're like, fuck them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, all right, I survived, you know. Uh, and, you know, this is this yeah, is really so. interesting because, you know, right now, as we're recording this, it's April 21st, 2020. We're we are right smack in the middle of Corona, you know, lockdown. We hope it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. Point. And and we don't know where, you know, this is going to go ultimately. But one of the things that I, I find really fascinating about this time is that it's bringing so many things to light, so many things to light people are like uh i read in china and also in, now in america and a lot of different places uh divorce is spiking right because people are now faced with like their relationships and uh but other people are like suddenly spending more time with their kids than they've ever spent other people are like questioning their jobs other people are questioning like what about like how i get my things you know like how amazon is treating workers i mean it's it, you know authoritarian presidents uh, all around the world or you know leaders uh how they're dealing with this sort of thing so many things are coming to light that it's almost to me on some level i mean there's a tragedy here with you know people who are losing their lives on one hand, but on the other hand, it's also making people really look at at everything and become self introspective, and so so now we're forced to kind of look at all of this. So so what what do you think that the result of our culture is going to be now that you're going to have a lot of people forced to like really analyze what where they're at? I hope that people begin to make decisions and take actions that they have been tolerating far too long. I feel like the changes we're being invited to make, you know, one of the questions that I've been really um, inviting people to ask is how am I being called to evolve right now? Mm, that's mm -hmm. a good one. How am I being called to evolve right now? And I, there's a crucible that has been created and an invitation that we've gotten to make changes. Yeah. And so I hope that people, you know, I, yeah, I hope that people will make the, the decisions and take the actions and and answer the invitation. Well, it's the ultimate it's the ultimate pattern interrupt, right? I mean, everybody's been kind of on zombie mode in their careers for for years and suddenly the ultimate pattern interrupt has happened in the form of a uh, pandemic that's forcing people to stay home and and all of a sudden reevaluate things in a different light that they've never even looked at because they've just been on autopilot. I mean, people are just on autopilot. So it's, uh, yeah, I think that's what's creating this spike in awareness and it's going to be, but I mean, nothing's going to change unless there's action put behind this sense of awareness. So I guess the question is, like, do you think that this will actually result in a gigantic change? Do you, do you think that people will actually put the momentum behind the um, behind this like newfound awareness? Or do you think that we're going to come back to a sense of equilibrium that res somewhat resembles what it was uh, pre-pandemic? What are your thoughts on that? 
I don't think we're ever going to get back to what it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they actually, they uh, and I mentioned this on our our uh, last show. They just did a a, a a survey in the UK, and it was something like seventy percent of the people surveyed were like, "I don't want to go back to the way things were." And you know, it's it's really interesting because I, I was around uh, the first of the year. There was so much stuff happening. I mean, it's been a long decade. You know, we're only four months <laughs> into this, but man, it's been a long decade. We we almost had World War Three. There was a fight fires in, you know, in, in Brazil and the fires in, uh, in, uh, Australia, uh, there was impeachment. There was like, you know, crazy stuff happening. And, uh, and, and I was really at this point where I'm like, how, what, what is going to become of us? And then this happens. Right. And, uh, and, and so it, 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 it's a really great way because it takes 30 days for, a, uh, a habit to be developed. And now people are really, they've had their 30 days and they're really like thinking about like, what is next? And, uh, and, and I feel, you know, I've been going to, uh, and I mentioned this before, I've been going to Burning Man for 20 years. And every time I go, I always think the same thing. Uh, why did I take so much? Uh, oh no, no. What I think is, is when, when, uh, the, the earth, kind of equal, when, when we become equalized, when humans realize what we are, how much power we possess as a, as a species, then this is what the future will look like. And I don't mean it's going to look like Burning Man, but it's going to be, there's an element of freedom and people aren't going to care what other people think. And, you know, one of the nice things about being out there is, is you can be next to a celebrity, you can be next to an average person, everybody's the same. It doesn't matter what your role is back in the default world. And I feel like we're moving towards something that looks like that. And this is the beginning of, of that magical shift. However, those people that have trouble with those types of transitions because they're afraid to transition are going to have the hardest time. So, so how would you counsel someone like that? Well, I feel like there are being people that are being dragged kicking and screaming into a new reality. Like I, yeah. I just checked in with an old client who was just – She's an attorney. She uh, had a public uh, office in her on uh, her community or city or town. I can't remember which it was. You know, she was she was just running on empty all the time. And 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 I actually couldn't make headway, <laughs> much headway with her, even though she admitted it. And that was what she wanted. She just couldn't see how to make changes. So I, I actually she popped into my head and I reached out to her and I'm like, how are you doing? Like, you've been forced to slow down. What's it like? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm never going back. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm putting all these practices in place and I'm, you know, I'm do doing all these self-care things. And, you know, I could just feel the, the in her voice, the levity of it. So you know, I think people that may not have ever been able to actually stop like I did, you know, and mm -hmm. give up the thing, you know, are actually uh, at first being, you know, dragged, kicking and screaming and are now like standing up and looking around and being like, oh, I like it here. Like my husband, he does not want to go back to uh, five days a week in the office. He, right. He's an introvert. He, it's all of a sudden the world is like designed around him. <laughs> you know, he just loves it yeah. he absolutely loves it i get it i get it my wife my wife is the same way i'm the same way i like uh with some i was going i have a a client that is basically my big client I, I was going in the office four days a week uh i'm not gonna do that again i just don't want to 
you know? And you don't, and, you and don't need to, because what did it really accomplish yeah. anyway? Really? Okay. Right. And did you know you didn't want to when you were doing it? Uh, and now you're just being willing to admit it? Well, you know, I, I have a, because left to my own devices, if you just let, like, if I had, if I just won the lottery and I didn't have to have any responsibility, uh, and I did, and I, I, you would probably find me eventually, like, Bin Laden, just, like, locked down, watching pornography, playing video games, and getting high all day. Like, so the... So you were tolerating it already because that's not your natural state. You were already in a, I'm just doing this thing because I need to do this thing. Well, no, already. I mean, I, I the, the thing is, is that, luckily, I love the, the, the office, I love the people I work with, the job is great, and it it did give me a form of structure. The other thing, and this is the kind of the weird thing, is I was taking the train uh, two hours every day, and so it allowed oh, wow. me to study, uh, well, actually four hours every day, two hours each way. But I enjoyed the time because I was able to study Dutch and read and like it was my time and even meditate sometimes. So uh, the funny thing is, is that that gave me a sense of structure, which I, I now have to be responsible for. But also, <laughs> yes. but that's the internal thing that I got to deal with. That's my process that I have to like look at. Right. Well, let me exactly. say this, because I, I remember when back in like 2004 or something, I was working in an office job and we were exploring the idea of working from home. And the whole thing eventually fell apart. And the reason it fell apart was uh, a couple of reasons. One, the, the boss, I think, hated the idea of not being able to micromanage and control uh, all the all the employees. But two, I mean, there's a, it's a lot of people don't I, mean, I guess this is probably more for extroverts. I think introverts are maybe more suited for this. And especially if you have a flexible attitude and you can make adjustments on the fly, um, if, if you have a rigid sense People have trouble adapting to this. And I've talked to some people that have to go like shower at the same time, put on like dress up in, like to, with their formal attire, like suit, like a, a tie, all that just to be able to be productive because that's their routine. Yeah. And if they don't do that, even if they're not in the office, they're not productive. So uh, I, I see how like everybody's got their own process. But I think what we're seeing with coronavirus is anyone that has a rigid sense of not being comfortable with change they're the ones that are going to they're not they're going to struggle and they're going to struggle really really bad until until they start pivoting and making those adjustments but people that yeah. are flexible and able to adapt and roll with resistance which is luckily something that i've been uh pretty good at my whole life i, I think we have an opportunity to thrive and like i said my business has grown during this time um whereas you know i luckily i have a low overhead business that's one of the reasons but um a lot of people are really, really struggling right now. And, and I think some of it is, is this lack of, is, is this rigidness and fear of change. I, I, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and ask you about your uh, 12 GFR commandments. Uh, would you mind like kind of touching base on each one of those? And, you know, for the, for the time that we have left, I'd like to kind of explore that. Yeah, sure. I'll share some of my favorites because 12 is a lot. Um, so one of the things that I think is one of the commandments I think is really relevant right now is um is number 11 well let's see gosh i, I can't choose all my babies okay so um, many. well number two we, it, here this is a bit on topic for what we we're just talking about number two commandment number two is let go of what doesn't feel good now let me preface i don't think we explain the origin of these so this wasn't like oh i need a lead magnet let me create something mm -hmm. this was this was a like a a huge introspective soul searching you know history history looking back to my mentoring seven figure six and seven figure mission-based folks that are an you know a unique animal unto themselves for the last let's see 18 years of the time I created this and just asking myself how am I helping people right because I knew something new was emerging a new mission I'm like how am I helping people what is this new 
like iteration of Lisa Cherney. What, what does that look like? Let me look how I'm helping people. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm squiggling in the in margins of some journaling and writing that I've done. And there was like 12 things that I kept hearing from clients about how they were getting in their way. You know, so like my history, right? Marketing, selling, leveraging, all the things, high ticket, high ticket, all blah, 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 all that, right? But I was always having to help people five, like unravel five other things before they could actually do the thing that they really wanted to do. And, and so there was like 12 things that would, that would come up, you know, things that I would have to put in their face because they're so, we're so close to it. We can't see our own stuff, even if we're an expert. And so that's what these 12 things are. So it, it's the, it's the things that will basically slow you down where you, where you are getting in your own way. No external, you know, someone is, you know, putting something on you, right? You don't, you, if you got the binder, it wouldn't matter because you would still get in your own way kind of stuff. So when you look at number two, let go of what doesn't feel good, you know, that was born from me, you know, talking to clients that are asking me for help that made a big investment in my help. And they're still doing stuff that doesn't feel good. It's old stuff, you know, antiquated stuff, stuff that doesn't feel aligned with them anymore. It's like this, you know, it's just sort of this historical stuff and needing to let that stuff go creates space for the new stuff. Now we know this intellectually, but it's hard to have the hard conversations, yeah. to make the hard decisions, right? So the confession question for that commandment is pretty simple, which what doesn't feel good, which is a really good question to be asking ourselves right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, uh, I, you know, the reason that I ended up in the Netherlands is because when I was uh, living in, in the United States, there was uh, definitely, for me, these moments when I'm like, you know, everything that I'm trying, it, it seems like I'm running uphill in sand. And it and and I, I I have reinvented myself enough times where uh, and this is the if you've never done this before it's really really difficult. Be, people I think tend to try and make something work even if it is obvious the universe does not want you there right. So so to just let go and say you know what obviously no matter how hard I push the universe doesn't want me going in this direction. I'm just going to let it go and go another way. And the second you do that, the second you make that commitment uh, and say something to the effect of, I'm willing to let all of this go to bring in what's next. Uh, it's amazing what happens. Every door in the, in the world opens up and it's very obvious where you need to go next. So, I, I mean, that's, that's a tough one because again, people love their little patterns and it's hard to do that big walk away when something isn't working. So yeah. uh, do you do you like how how would do you cope with that as an individual if it's if it's you know what do you how do you counsel someone who's in that space who has something that they've acknowledged doesn't feel good but they are afraid to let it go yeah is that what you're asking mm -hmm. probably uh, the thing that is keeping them keeping it is that it's is that they feel like it's serving them somehow right it's that story it's the story that is around why I can't do that because it does this and this or you know I can't let that go because this and this so just looking at our story right and I mean you could say that for all the commandments it's like what is the story you have that is obviously not serving you anymore so let's just talk about it you know I love talking about things as stories and I refer to my own thoughts and I'll I'll say to my husband, okay, well, my story is that it should be, the dishwasher should be loaded this way. You know, I mean, there's always, you know, there's always our story of why we're doing something. So that's the first thing that I would invite people to do is like, okay, what is the story? Just look at it as just not as truth. And, you know, like we have, we always look at everything as if, no, Lisa, I'm telling you, this is, you know, irrefutable. It's like, it's always our story, our perception. And, and do you find, I mean, for me, one of the problems I, I find, especially in the Western world, 
currently is that everybody has their story that they're so attached to that they believe that everyone needs to believe their story, right? You know, it's it's these guys who are causing the problems. No, it's these guys. No, it's these, you know. And, and they're so attached to the story that if you challenge their story, they're going to fight you on it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I, I feel that there needs to be a lot of healing in our culture around the telling of your personal story because ultimately everyone's, you know, uh, as, as uh, you know, everyone's story is just their own opinion. And as the saying goes, uh, you know, opinions are like uh, assholes, but obviously mine's the best. Of course, yes. <laughs> is that how the saying goes? <laughs> well, that brings us to GFR <laughs> commandment number three, Andros, because... Number three is don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. Mm. And this is one of my favorite mm. ones, and it is super applicable to marketing, <laughs> and it is super applicable to life. And the confession question is, where am I not speaking my truth? Right? I mean, we are so worried about being normal, proper, and polite. And, you know, this is like the origins in this one are absolutely in conscious marketing, because it's like, if you are not, if you can't claim the, tr- the, the people that you want to work with, your ideal clients, and you right? And you can't be yourself in some way in your marketing, you know, you're just going to, you're going to attract people that want something else. It's like, you know, lying on your dating profile. And then all of a sudden you, you, know, you wake up next to somebody that, you know, doesn't know anything about you, you know? Oh God, and- I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like trick you. <laughs> good times, you know, good times. Yeah. I mean, I used to talk about dating as a metaphor all the time in conscious marketing. So you know, but when you look at the commandment, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. It's so triggering. Whenever I bring this one up, it is it, people are just like Lisa. You know, I don't want to be rude to somebody, and you know, mm-hmm. can't you can't can't you just be too much? And can't you know you can't just share you know everything you want to share. And there's just so much resistance to just being effing real. It it, yeah. it still blows my mind. No, honestly. it's true. And in fact, uh, there's been cases where people have literally gotten murdered because they don't want to be impolite to someone who's being aggressive with them. And, and uh, this is, uh, you know, and, and there's a difference between, between being rude and just speaking your truth, you know, and a lot of people just, they're afraid of hurting people's feelings, but this is gets into what you were saying earlier. If you are, choosing to live your life in a way because you're worried about what other people are going to think you are in a cage and that cage will never break. It is, you will be stuck in it forever. And I look at this as most people that you come across at like a chamber of commerce group or people with um, low experience in business that are kind of getting started. will have this mentality that my business is for everybody. And that's like the most common thing you'll hear everywhere you go. If you ask somebody who their target market is, it's everybody. I serve everybody. And that's, it's so, so common. One, one of the things that you're talking about by being, by taking a stand or being a bit polarizing or putting yourself out there is this idea of acknowledging that you're not going to, you're not going to attract everybody to your business. Right. And by being your true authentic self and reflecting some opinions that won't resonate with everybody, you are cutting out a segment of the population, but you're also bringing in a stronger segment that's going to be more connected to you because you've done it. And, and we've talked a lot about this on the show, even with like Nike, what they did with Colin Kaepernick, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and no matter how you feel about Donald Trump, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he did that to a, a brilliant degree where he was able to you know, say, really play to a certain segment of people so strongly that now they will literally go out and get sick 
for him. You know, that's a different topic. Well, that's, but, that's part of that's part of like your identity identity coming into the belief system, though, right? Like, yeah. well, right. And when you say the, he plays yeah. to a certain group of people, he's just being himself, right? He is right. being himself. So and so he's attracting those people. And so you know, when people say to me, "Well, how do I use this in my marketing?" I always say, "Okay." Here's a question. If you could say anything in your marketing without any backlash or worried about turning anyone off, what would you say? It's illuminating. I mean, I take this as an exercise with my private clients and I just have them just just write. I don't don't edit. Just if you could say anything without any backlash, you know, and not worrying about turning anyone off. Just it's like, you know, you, just your passion of like that fist shaking kind of passion, your soapbox, I call it. What would you say? And it's amazing what people realize that they have been holding back of things that they're not saying that actually would make them stand out better than any algorithm could ever make them stand. Yeah, out. that's true, because the second you really speak your truth, then you're going to you're going to connect with with somebody. And, you know, there's a I think that there's a flip side of that. And that flip side, uh, it's part of the same thing, which is people striving for perfection and not wanting to release their art or their product or their their brand until it has like in their mind this level of perfection, which is a, which will kill you faster than anything. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, I'm walking my talk here with GFR because let me tell you, I still have people telling me I shouldn't be calling my shit get fucking real, you know, and still telling me I shouldn't use the F word. And there are people that you're turning off. And, and you know, and I went through the gauntlet with our peers, you know, um, when I was birthing this thing. And ultimately, I just decided, like, you know what? I'm actually really, really okay with turning some people off. Yeah. I'm really, really yeah. okay. Because the flip side is that I meet someone, I tell them, I tell them what my what my my brand is, my show is. And they're like, I love you. And you know what? Yeah, they're yeah. loving me because I'm just being me. And that the shortcut of that people getting, you know, what I'm standing for, you know, and I'm not out here just talking like a truck driver to talk like a truck driver. You know, it's get real is not urgent enough. When you tell someone get real, it is not urgent enough. Adding the F is an activating, you know, pattern interrupt kind of word. And it's such a great word. And I think that ultimately, you know, 5,000 years from now, when all languages become one language, uh, fuck and shit will definitely stay in the lexicon of the human species <laughs> so. forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Please, yes. So, okay, so so we've got two commandments. Give, give us a couple more. Okay, so I think you're going to like this one. Know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the, and the confession question is, where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? Mm. Which is, it's a really funny one to look at right now, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the, we have been forced to stop in many ways. And then we still actually could be doing stuff that is, that is not resonating with, is not feeling good. Or we could still have a story that the stopping is going to, you know, cause me to be broke. And, you know, and when I say lucrative, you know, it's money, but it's also like your spirit. Like, is your soul being crushed right now? <laughs> so maybe stopping is the most lucrative action that you could take. And and it just, you know, a lot of these, honestly, uh, just give people permission. Like that's, yeah, I think that is my sure. soul calling is to give people permission. No, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I'm noticing in, in the way that you're framing things is that uh, this, you're really talking about a spiritual process. And when I, when I say a spiritual process, uh, some people may think, you know, it has to do with religion and religion and spirituality. It's even 12 steps, Andre. It's even 12 steps. It's even 12 steps. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, the, the, my, one Not of my favorite saving, sayings is that we are, we are uh, 
spiritual beings having a human experience. Uh, so you know, and I, I and I and and this is something I've been thinking a lot in my uh, you know downtime being uh, sequestered. In your here. stopping. <laughs> in my stopping, uh, is that is that we we as a as a species have have little time to really look at the spiritual practice of being human. And and that doesn't mean that you have to have a belief in God, but the the thing that is inside your human body that is narrating your story and can objectively, you know, there's there's you that's narrating this that that's feeling the emotions of like happiness and sadness. And then there's the thing outside of it that's like I am happy right now. I am sad right now. Like what the hell is that, right? So so we are now able to connect to to that part of ourselves. Uh so do, would you say that that this this kind of process that you've developed is is in a way a spiritual practice? Absolutely. Nice, nice. And I, I love that. I will confess. Yeah. <laughs> I will no. confess. <laughs> no, well, and, you know, conscious marketing, you know, I, I mean, from the very inception of my business, not even really being aware of it, you know, I was I was inviting people to go inside. In fact, I think the tagline for that was from the inside out. You know, it was like, start mm -hmm. here with what you want, what you know, and then put that out there. Don't be like, you know, what do they, the, what do they need? What the, what is the market? What will the market bear? You know, what, what will people buying right now? All that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, you know, and that's one of the things that we've talked about many times on the show is, uh, the, this concept of that, uh, uh, you know, the, the way that you position yourself, it has to be, there has to be a cause. I mean, one of the, uh, and I've talked about this, uh, a few times, one of the biggest marketing failures, as far as a brand in, in the, in the 20th century was Pepsi's thing where they had uh, Kylie Jenner. It was this commercial where she's doing a photo shoot and, uh, all of a sudden she sees like a protest and people are like out there protesting something and she leaves the photo shoot to go with the protest and it's it, it, the protest wasn't about anything, and it's yeah, just they don't like, show you know, what it's about. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was just like it was just like you guys are trying to make a stand without making a stand, and it it was so awful and so obvious what they were doing. Uh, there was a lack of integrity with it that that they had to kill the ad campaign almost immediately. And so we we talk a lot about like living, you know, the way that people need to market nowadays has to be in. In a, in a in a an authentic sort of realm, uh, and that's why we live in this day and age because people are having these incongruent sort of uh, life where they they on the one hand they get up and they do their job and they perform their role, but on the other hand uh, they you know they want to dance or whatever like uh, you know whatever they want to do. I like the way you said that. Doing. It was a little accent there. <laughs> yeah. They want to dance. Well, isn't, <laughs> this, isn't this kind of like your your. It's more dangerous to kind of dip your toe in, but, you, but what you should do is you should be either be all in or all out. Um, but if you're dipping your toe in, you might actually do more damage than staying completely neutral. I mean, is that? I mean, what, what would you say to that, Lisa? I mean, no, that, I'd say dip the toe, dip the toe, dip the toe, <laughs> right, dip the toe first before going all in. Okay. Well, I mean, not not. It's better than staying staying put. Dipping mm -hmm. the toe is better than doing nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're 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 moving into this uh era now because uh we we haven't really seen the full repercussions of what is happening right now. I mean, uh this is as 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 I've said in our last episode, I feel like 
uh, most people are kind of like on the deck of the Titanic, kicking the ice around thinking, oh, how funny we just hit this giant iceberg. Uh, And they don't realize like, like there's going to have to be a, a, a general shift in, in the entire species. And, and what happens in the next few years is going to determine the outcome of the human race. I really believe that. So, uh, you know, I think that that part of what you're bringing to light with some of this stuff is, is very, very relevant. Uh, and that, that in a sense, we need to act as ambassadors to help people who are unable to deal with this next transition of, of the human species. Uh, so, so where do you see yourself going? Like, where are you at right now with your business and where do you see yourself kind of going to in the next few years as, as we progress through the next iteration of whatever we become? Yeah, for me, my business is very much about simplicity right now. You know, I am, when I relaunched um, in September 2018 is when GFR Mission was born. The podcast came about nine months later, ironically, you know, and for me, simplicity is, is there, I feel like I've been, my husband said this to me and I, it keeps echoing. He said, you've been preparing for this. Like, this is what you've been preparing for. You know, my slowing down, my being more intentional, my surrender, my wanting to be more in flow, my you know, wanting to be very conscious about how I roll this thing out. So I, I don't do it in a way that I don't want to live. Like I have been preparing for this. So I, you know, I do feel like, you know, that I'm a leader that's needed right now. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm really being aware that people are being called up. Like, I feel like there totally. is an initiation that's happening right now. And I, I feel like because of my mission, you know, not that I'm at the forefront, but it's just like, I'm bubbling up, you know, I'm bubbling up, you know, now maybe sooner than some other leaders that are also going to be called up right now. Yeah. And and so in terms of my business, it, I'm all about simplicity. I have two ways that, you know, people can work with me right now. One is the GFR squad, which is 20 bucks a month. Y'all come on in. You know, it's for people that really um, resonate with the commandments, want to get real. We have a call a month. We confession call where we take one of these and the confession question, we talk about it. And, and in my face group, people let their hair down and they get real. This isn't a place to be all shiny and, you know, have to have your pitch and all that stuff. Right. So that's the way I'm supposed to serve for the masses, the show and, and, and the squad. And then I work with people um, more closely at a, a higher level that are wanting also to iterate their business in a way that feels more in flow, is more peaceful, that they trust themselves more, that they're, they're not um, giving their own, they're not giving up their own voice for, you know, a mentor that tells them how to do it or a system or process or formula or a blueprint. Like they're really wanting to come back more to themselves and, uh, and really are craving that. So that's who I'm working with more closely. And I call myself an unmentor because I'm, I'm not, I'm not about imposing my thing on them. I'm really about be, just being that mirror, being those bumpers, you know, um, so that they can find their GFR type mission, you know, so that they not find it, that they can live it. And, uh, and living, living your mission right now. Um, and the last commandment that I wanted to touch on was make yourself your most important client because living your mission right now is productive. And we, we've been saying this like a mantra to, in my private groups, like living your mission, just being the mom that's trying to homeschool the kid and, you know, maybe get on Facebook live and trying to time to be intimate with your husband, like, you know, and your business is about helping people with anxiety. You are living your mission right now. Like it doesn't matter how, how many, it's not a, 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 a measurement of how many clients or financial 
right now or really ever in my world. You know, it is about uh, it is about how are you feeling? Are you congruent? And and are you being called to up level right now? So, yeah. you know. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think I think you're definitely onto something because one of the things that that we need to really look at is like how we live our truth. I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that when when you buy a, your iPhone, you have to really think about like who touched this iPhone, the components that are in there, the slave labor that went into this product. You know, when you eat chocolate, like, you know, there's child slaves that are like harvesting the cocoa. But but I have to look at these things, right? You really, you like, we all have to like live our truth, speak our truth and 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 really connect with the fact that what we do ripples out in this incredible way that we are sometimes un, unaware of. So so really being real with ourselves I think is is an important uh important aspect of this. So I'm I'm grateful that you are uh doing this. So where where can people find you and you have a giveaway, right? You're giving something away. I do. I that. want everyone to have all 12 of the GFR commandments and then on a, a process of how to really check in to see what's the one that's going to give you the big, biggest breakthrough right now. So you can go to gfr.life forward slash 12C12 and the letter C um, to get your um, GFR commandments and guidance on like how to use them in your life and, you know, uh, have a breakthrough right now. Like really just zero. It's not about doing all 12. It is not a 12 step program. <laughs> it is really about what is the one that I really most need to zero in right now and really get really get into, mm-hmm. um, into it with myself, just with yourself. And that's the cool thing. It's just about you, between you and yourself right now. <laughs> you've been running your business. I mean, for years and years, so you, you've been through a few economic downturns. Um, 20, so I was kind of 21 curious, years this year, tw- mm-hmm. yeah, 21 years. So uh, that's why I wanted to kind of bring this up because what Andres said, I think is very true. And I think, um, you know, people are getting their stimulus checks. They're getting a little bit of a, a little bit of a bailout right now anyway. But if if this doesn't come back to normal in the next month or two, which I question, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, and, and we see like an extended economic downturn that's worse than what's being kind of forecast right now, at least in the in the in the, me- in the mainstream media. Uh, what what have you seen in the past that's worked for you in terms of attracting, bringing in business during an economic downturn that's different? Like what have you had to what have you had to do that's different in the past um, versus you know, when, when times are, are good and everything's working out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's going to be an answer that's not possibly what you're uh, okay. expecting, which I'll is um, really going in within, you know, I'm so sick of the word pivot. I want to vomit every time I hear it, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is such an outside in, like, how am I going to pivot? How am I going to take advantage of the situation? Or how do I need to change my business? Now, yes, my Pilates studio classes are online. Awesome pivot. You know, like, you know, that's great. And for me, I needed to stop. I needed to, you know, know that stopping is sometimes the most lucrative action to take. Because when I was pushing and trying to figure out the next thing and how am I going to get clients, that felt crappy. And so I, and I was in the middle of a campaign when this whole thing went down and I never finished it. It's weird. It's like this close. It's like this open loop right now. But but um, but I needed to really feel like I was not feeling that like the, 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 the you know, I, the metaphor I've been using is that we're in a play and someone changed the backdrop scenery. <laughs> and so none of the lines make sense and none of the people make sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's what happened. And so I I would recommend that people stop and and meditate and get connected or go for walks or just so you could get clear what is bubbling up for you. Like um, I hosted this event a couple of weeks ago called the love fest for leaders, 
because I needed it. I wanted just to be in a place where we're all leaders, but we all freaking need support and we need a place that we could be real. And there was live music and it just, I just, I just did it. The love fest for leaders like that was bubbled up. I didn't know if I was going to get clients. There was no strategy. And of course I did get clients, but there was, it was what was bubbling up for me. So I I feel like that's the best advice I can give people in the economic downturn or whatever the story is that we want to spin right now is that we're being invited to change and evolve and just keep asking, where am I being called to evolve? Like if you really stop trying to push against the thing that you feel is not working you and you, you may really get a cool, innovative, awesome, congruent, juicy, fun idea that that is nothing like you have. You it was even on your. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're called to do something that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like you're just called to like uh, I I had this happen. I was I was uh, in a relationship that wasn't quite working and I wasn't sure where I was going to go and I couldn't get a job. And out of the blue, I I got this idea to become a paramedic. And so uh, I had I, I and whenever I get crazy ideas that are outside of my realm, I always ask for some sort of confirmation. And uh, nice. and those those things happen. Like you you ask the universe, like, give me confirmation. Is this really what I'm totally. thinking? You will get like, uh, you know, you got to watch out for confirmation bias, but be objective. <laughs> and when 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 I felt like I got my answer, I enrolled in uh, in paramedic school. And then from there, my life did a complete pivot. I met someone else. I got a different job. I never finished paramedic school, but it didn't matter. It was like that was the stepping stone that needed to lead me to everything else. And I could see the pathway of my life that that was a very, very important part. So I, I, I agree with you that, that you know, you, you, if, if you're wondering what to do, this is an invitation this whole time to follow the things that don't make sense. Because you know what? <laughs> Nothing makes sense right now. Nothing, Nothing makes yeah. sense. And... And that's what my show is about. I want to interject and just say like that my show is a a very unique format and it is telling stories of entrepreneurs, crazy journeys that don't make sense, but then make sense. You know, and Justin's episode, I just want to do a little plug is episode 27 and it's called from rescued by a stranger to podcast warrior, you know, like, you know, and, and we have, you know, bankruptcy and divorces and abuses and jail and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so if you want to be inspired that what you're experiencing right now does not make sense, but it totally is likely to be on purpose, just listen to the GFR show. Um, I'm told that it just, even if it's something, the story feels unrelatable, it is relatable because it is all about that now more than ever. Yeah, we'll put a link to it down below. What were you going to say, Justin? Well, I just wanted to say what you said earlier about like how marketers are speaking lines um, and somebody changed the backdrop on the theatrical stage behind them and they just haven't noticed. I, I totally think that's like a great, great metaphor because people are trying to to use the same marketing techniques that, that worked with a, a entirely different world. And, and again, instead of, I guess, instead of thinking of it as pivoting, it, it's kind of like, just stop and then adjust, like pay attention to what, just speak to what's actually happening. So stop, stop trying to force the message that you, cause you plan this in advance and just speak to what's, what's actually happened. Yeah. Evolve, evolve to, with the, with the change. Yeah. And I think, and just to be like empathetic, like I think people are just scared, right? Like they're, they don't, they, they're scared to stop and yeah. they're scared to, you know, they're just been doing, you know, they have the evergreen thing or whatever, and they haven't turned it off yet. And, you know, they're just, you know, we're scared. So, you know, love to all of you that are feel like you're, you know, like you're in that space. It's just, um, yeah, just uh, the, 
it's it is we are being invited it's like the biggest g you know my 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 fans have been saying it's like the worldwide gfr wormhole you know um, <laughs> it's so know, true like, yeah and and you know it's like uh, chaos is a ladder as they say yeah. and you know we 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 need to tear down these old systems because they are not working at all and uh and i i appreciate you uh you know and what you're doing on that level uh, but, uh, so, uh, check out the, we'll leave, we'll leave a, uh, a link to the, uh, GFR podcast down below. Um, but before we go, Lisa, we, uh, quick round, what, uh, what are you most geeky about right at this moment? I have two things. One is I'm geeky about confessions. And as a Jew, I didn't grow up with, you know, confessionals or anything like that, but I'm just really geeking about the subtleties of how, and when we get real with ourselves and with others and mm. uh it's and people are really they're beautiful they're they're they reach out to me privately often now um and i feel so honored and i and i notice what it takes for them to get to that and then what it takes for them you know to join the gfr squad and just be a voyeur you know and, and watch people until they till they really get involved so i'm really geeking out about that and the other thing i'm geeking about is uh Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Hmm. Um, and I posted in, in, in Facebook recently, we binged all six seasons. My, it's a great family show. If you have kids that are a little bit older and it's just, it's, you know, it's uh, Lily Tomlin and um, blanking on the second. I, I don't know the show, just, so I can't help you. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's, it's brilliantly written. It's uh, real. It's all for all ages. And it's just, it's, it's, um, these two ladies, these two women who hate each other, their their husbands fall in love and get married, and then they're left with their relationship. And it's it's the premise is hysterical, and <laughs> and I'm just yeah, I'm really conscious of what I'm binging on, right? And you know, and uh, it's just it it's it is beautiful and gave me lots of laughs, and I invite y'all to check it out. <laughs> oh, nice! I, I I will definitely see that. Justin, what about you? What are you geeky about right now? Uh, I guess uh, I think I might have mentioned this in the other episode, but. I just watched the China hustle on, uh, I think it's an Amazon prime documentary about all how companies in China incorporate onto, or get listed on the American stock exchanges and all the fraud that went along with it for the last like 10 years. Uh, and, and some of it's still going on to this day. Apparently it was, uh, it was very interesting. I had no idea about any of it. Um, and it's just a it, It's very strange how these companies are listed because they're not just, listing directly from China onto our exchanges. It's a very complicated Wall Street level process that of course Wall Street would come up with a way to do it. But is that is that on Netflix? I think it's on Prime. I believe it's I believe it's free on Prime. So you have to okay. have, you have a Prime. Yeah. Okay. I uh that's cool. I I actually uh mine's very simple. Uh my wife and I she took me on this walk that's right by my uh my house that I've never been on and it's uh, very close and it's within running distance. And it's this nice little nature reserve that I didn't know. I've been here now for a year and a half and I've never been there before. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I'm i gonna go out running tomorrow and do my 10K in this little nature reserve and spring is so beautiful here. Oh my God, spring in the Netherlands is like, ah, uh, it's lovely, I love it. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's it's a simple little thing, but, but uh, kind of nice, you know? So uh, and and I'm also a little geeky that the Dutch government said that I have to work from home as long as possible <laughs> because uh, I kind of dig it. I'm really having a good time. It seems to suit you. It, it seems to suit you. It suits it suits me well, and I you know gives me a little more time to practice my ukulele and uh, much to the chagrin of my wife. 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, Lisa Turney, everybody, thank you so much for being on the show. Very cool. Uh, love to, you know, I, I will definitely check uh, out the podcast and uh, the book as well. So uh, thank you for your time. All right, Lisa Charney, everybody. Woo! All right, all right. So tell me, uh, Justin, if you if you had some commandments, they don't have to be twelve, but if you had some commandments, what what would some of yours be? That's a great, great question. Just off the top of my head, like commandments for business. Yeah. Uh, I think I've talked about like the importance of public speaking. So uh, I guess to to make that a commandment, I would say if something scares you and you know it's beneficial for your business, move into it. Like step into the fear get take action on the fear because i i think for me some of the biggest changes in my business came when i was willing to to take risks and actually in spite of my fears still move forward and i, I think for i think that's like one of the big lessons the other one i would say would be um when things get hard it, you better be passionate about what you do because if you're not it's easy to quit so if, if you have a business where you don't have 100% passion behind it and you get to a level of adversity like coronavirus or something like that, it, it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to walk away now. But if you actually love what you do, you'll find a way to move through it. And I think in my, in my experience, when I've run into adversity and I've, and I've weathered the storm, I've come out stronger on the other end. So Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I think um, uh, being flexible uh yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you know and 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 as i mentioned earlier like following the energy of something like if something isn't working for you it's okay to walk away from it and mm -hmm. you know look to the thing that you are seeming to attract and uh if you are getting clients that are requesting a certain thing and you like doing it uh but it's not on the menu generally like you should move towards that um and this is something that we talk about in the LinkedIn mastery course actually yeah. which is uh how to reframe some of your past businesses into something that you're uh that you're doing currently that moves to your state of mastery yeah, i had a conversation just recently though i got to bring this up cuz you, you you triggered it for me yeah it might have been on the show i don't remember if it was on the show or not but it was it was somebody talking about how like if you're ask people what you're known for, like ask them, don't like no external feedback. Just ask them what they know you as like, what do you ask them what you do? And oftentimes they'll give you answers of like services that you don't even like think about that you do. And those are the things that you should sell because those will be the easiest. Those will be the easiest for you to do that um, yeah. because that's what people already know you as you've already built a reputation, even if it wasn't intentional. <laughs> so I don't know. Brilliant. Like, yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, speaking of uh, LinkedIn, we have our LinkedIn mastery course that we are putting together. Uh, go ahead and uh, go to marketinggeekspodcast.com and you'll see a button right there where you can sign up for it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's still being built, but uh, we, the reason why it's taking a, a little bit longer is because we are making it fucking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, but it is being yeah, built. It's it actually the process has started. <laughs> it has started. Yeah. So, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is the Marketing Geeks. We will see you next time. Don't forget to uh, leave a comment about uh, how awesome or how much you hate us, uh, either one, and uh, tell 500 friends uh, of your closest friends about us. And with that, we are the Marketing Geeks. We are out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks. Come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andrew Sturgeon and Justin Womack. The fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.